0: What's up, everybody? This is Phil Rogacki, and I'm Jared Apergina. You're listening to Two Tree Guys Podcast. What's up, everybody? Phil Rogacki here with the Two Tree Guy Podcast. Uh, This is another episode of Gear Talk, Uh, and if you guys have never listened to Gear Talk... Uh, This is where we bring different manufacturers, vendors, partners uh, in to talk about different products and gear and how it's used and all the way from the factory and the design to safety components and features and so on and so forth on that. Uh, But we also have different other podcasts that you can listen to. We have our mini episodes of What's Your Story, Talking to Industry Badasses about all sorts of things and hearing their story, also um, talking about different topics within our industry. We have a full length episode, which is in Santa Rosa, California. If you're ever in town in California and you want to be on the show, stop by. We'll house you, feed you, and we'll do an awesome podcast and drink some beer, uh, with you there. Uh, Jared may or may not be a part of it, but I'll be there. And that's the most important thing. Uh, and then we have our safety talks or our safety flashes. Uh, and what this is, is we talk about incidents that happen in the industry, um, fatalities to injuries, to near misses. And, and how do we control that? And how do we learn from that to make sure this doesn't happen in the future to anybody from there? So, uh. You guys listening today, if you guys laugh, if you get something, if you learn something today, we got one fee to the show. It is pay it forward, send it out, tag someone in there, share it with somebody that can learn from this today uh, and make our industry better tomorrow than it is today out here by these these shows from here. But I'm joined with uh, two veterans in the industry. Uh, One, the sexiest man in tree care, Josiah, <laughs> the shirtless, <laughs> the shirtless climber. Yeah, oh, wonder. Yeah. Wonder. It's, it's stapled down. forever for yep. you from no there. Kidding. Uh and Megan, uh, ambassador with Husqvarna. With, not Husqvarna. Not Husqabarna. Used to. Yeah. I'm I sorry. used to work for them. Work for them. Okay. With Edelrid, yep. Uh now for that. And we're going to be talking about some metal Rid products on the Climb Green uh, initiative that they just started with VSG, Cheryl, Tree Stuff. Uh, we're going to hear a little bit more about that and some different products are in that, uh, climb green. So, uh, I'm gonna let you kick it off, my friend, go for it, Josiah,
1: appreciate it. So, I mean, this whole, the whole climb green idea is something that Adler has been pushing for a long time in 2009, we got our entire dynamic rope line blue sign certified, which is. A very arduous, expensive kind of pain process, where this blue sign entity, with some third party, comes in and audits the whole manufacturing process.
0: What does blue sign mean? Uh, what blue is
1: sign. That? It is a. It's an entity. It's like a third party entity that basically just says, "Hey, you. If you get it, it's saying that, hey, you guys are doing a really good job being sustainable and ethical in your yeah. sourcing, in your manufacturing process. You're being efficient." And, and here's why. And it, it's like a, quite the arduous expensive yeah, process. Yeah, I've, I've never
0: even heard of that ever before. So, it's what, Patagonia what goal- does it, right? I who? Think
2: Patagonia?
1: Patagonia, yeah. they're one, they're Blue Sign. And there are a lot of, you'll kind of see, if now that you've heard of it, you'll yeah. see a little like asterisks. And some of these other companies will have products that ha- contain some Blue Sign certified materials or whatever. And the, that just means that some part of their process has been blue sign certified. One of their suppliers or whatever, maybe went through the process. Very few companies in this industry, I don't know of any offhand, um, actually have their, have any big portion of it that is certified. So got it. we have a handful of products in our industrial line that are blue sign certified, our interstatic rope, which has the airman in it is blue sign. Um, this one, which actually has the recycled sheath, isn't blue sign because I think the polyester uh, in the core does, you can't get that. There's some part of that process that doesn't qualify. So So it's very particular.
0: Who started this with Adelrid to, Oh, this one is,
1: no, it's Busan. Who,
0: who started with Adelrid to go, this is, this is where we want to go as a company. Yeah.
1: So we were, let's see, the the company was bought by Vaude a number of years back, and that was just a big part of his ethos and his ethic. And so they decided to invest in that, invest in that sustainability I want to say sometime around 2008, 2009, but I don't know the history terribly well. Okay, um, It's obviously, it's a German company there. They are a little bit more progressive about their uh, sustainability, environmental concerns than we are here in the U.S. But we're getting there. Now, now why do we're you think there. that is?
0: Uh, why is it important to them and not as important to us?
1: I suspect it, it comes down to a history of like they've got a much deeper and longer history of their environment and the impact over centuries. Where in the U.S. we came into this virgin country and just then there was no holds barred, you know, laissez-faire capitalism for for centuries, decades, yeah, you know, or not um, centuries and generations now. And so we're just finally getting to the point where. There's both a, a lot of affluence, like there's enough money to care and to to invest, uh, and we don't have to do things the most efficient way. We don't have to do things the most sorry cost efficient way, the most profitable way. There's enough buffer now that we can actually reinvest in the environment, even if it does cost us something. And Got so it. we're starting to see a lot more adoption uh, here in the U.S. now. Got it. Got it it. now. Is there
0: is there other companies within our industry that are pushing towards blue sign?
1: Towards blue signs specifically, I don't know of any offhand who are like trying to actually integrate their whole supply chain. I don't know of any offhand.
2: I can't say that I do either. No. In, it, I mean, I've never even heard of it. the tree care it. industry, right. I know like there's quite a few companies out there like Petzl that has a really big sports side like Edelrid does. And I feel like it, it kind of leaks in from the sport, rock climbing, mountaineering, alpinism and those values. And then it, it comes into the professional, it seems, yeah. to be the kind of the process.
1: The people who play out in the wilds, they, they care a lot. You yeah. Know? They, they're right there on the front lines. And actually, we make a lot of Petzl's dynamic ropes. Uh, Adleroy does. They just kind of rebrand them. And, Got and it. So there's, there's a lot of overlap there. And that's kind of where the Climb Green came from. So that was originally a campaign on the sports side. So our most popular selling rope uh, on the sports side is a Climb Green rope that we made out of the offcuts of all of the... Um, so the fibers, the little fibers that we actually weave these things out of, they come on these big spools. And when you finish your rope run, sometimes you've got some left on the spool. And what do you do with it? Well, it's cheap to just throw it away and then, you know, get some new ones. But we figured out a way to integrate different spools from different rope runs into the same rope. And now we get the eco, the BOA Eco, which, you know, it's an upcycled. So we're not actually recycling something. It was never used in the first place, but we're taking something that otherwise would have been waste and, and mm-hmm. using it. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of cool to be able to do that. Um, recycling in, in the personal protective industry is really, really difficult. Mm-hmm. A- and uh, Adelrate, in partnership with RAI actually went through quite a process to try and think, try and figure out a way if we could recycle some of the ropes. So mm-hmm. obviously, ropes, textiles, PPE, it's all got shelf life. Stuff gets used and abused. Uh, and the thought was, hey, we go through all these ropes. We've, we've got connections with all these climbers, all these people. Let's see if it's it costs feasible, or even if it, if it benefits, uh, like it has a net benefit to collect all these ropes, recycle the material and produce new ropes. And what they realized was that actually it doesn't work out well. Transportation alone uh, takes out most of the value that you're getting by recycling, not to mention if like people are driving it in different places, like it could be really bad. Mm -hmm. So they decided to focus more on the production side and say, okay, how can we use less material? How can we reuse uh, some of the waste products that haven't yet gone to consumers? So there's no travel involved, but they need that. And it turns out that's a really challenging problem Uh, when it comes to protection equipment. It's this stuff is maxed out. Like we are, we want every bit 100% of the strength of this material. And when you go to recycle something after it's been pulled once, it needs to be heated again. It goes through processes, to, but it always degrades. It degrades the quality of the material. Yeah. And you don't want to use degraded quality material in some PPE product. So bringing it back up to that usable standard is hard. It's really difficult. Um, so we were stoked a couple years back to come out with the uh, the Neo, which is a, a rock climbing rope. It's a, a dynamic rope. That is the first one to be made of completely recycled uh, ropes. And so all of our, again, Offcuts. Uh, there's a lot of waste in factories because if you have any issue in your rope, then you just have to you can't can't keep it can't give it to someone. There's too much risk. It needs to be essentially flawless. So when something get, a run goes through and the tension on one bobbin's not right mm-hmm. and it's got a little bump, like whatever, anytime that happens, that would normally go to the bin. But they were able to recycle that material and produce a dynamic rope, which was really exciting. Now, was
0: this by accident that they did or were they focused on... It
1: was a multi-year effort. It was like a three-year effort. It's like, we're going to figure out how to do this. this. I'd be super curious what
2: expenditures went into that. To actually transfer manufacturing, etc.,
1: it was yeah. hard it was really a, yeah. a challenge there's a i think there's a video on it on the Red website because we've got some videos about the sustainability stuff and so they talk a little bit about that process mm. they take it and they grind it all back up and then they melt it into these pellets and then the pellets go through a different process to be extended mm. back into fibers and and it's all kind of necessary in order to make that happen
0: so why you know in our industry um the tree care industry why is this important to the people that are climbing every day or the sustainability part? Cause some people don't give two shits. So right. why, why is it important and why should they care?
1: I mean, it's the, it's not your world. It's your kid's world, mm-hmm. you know? And, and the key to the idea, I mean, the word sustainability is, is kind of a buzzword. It brings to mind all these images, but we forget, what it means. And the reality is we want to play a game, you know, our, our, our work, our life, we want to play a game that can go on forever, or ideally, or at least indefinitely. And and the key to being able to do that is to not to destroy ourselves in the process. Yeah. You know, and the uh, if you look at the forests in California, they are an absolute mess right now because the initial practice of deforestation, their initial practice of timber harvesting was a fundamentally unsustainable process like you can't clear cut and then have regrowth and expect the forest to be good and healthy over and over and over again Mm -hmm. like yeah timber is a renewable resource like it is sustainable when done properly but there are current situation right now with the wildfires and with the mudslides and with all this you know beetle kill beetle kill all these climate cataclysms are not just freaks of nature no this is the consequence of unsustainable practices so we need to care about these sort of things because, as we grow as a society, as we try to live in our world, we want to be able to keep doing that. And if we don't, you know, get on top of making these things as sustainable as possible, then it won't be sustained. Like it, it, at some point, the game ends, and uh, okay. nobody
0: wants that. No, that's 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 a good explanation from yeah. that. You actually got. I'm like, let's do this. <laughs> let's go. You know, and you know, and and, and, and you know, Edelrid um, kind of leading that charge right now you know, uh, which is cool. And it's one of these things where you probably get people going, I don't care. It's not a big deal to me, but because you guys are continue to push this forward, all of a sudden you get one other company that goes, you know what we do care. Mm -hmm. And then next thing you know, it becomes the norm in the industry for every single company to be able to have a company in our industry, they have to have the blue sign. They have to be a sustainable company.
1: And the reason it matters to the end user is that like, well, the reason we're telling the end users is because they are the ones whose demand we are trying to fulfill. So when it comes down to it, if the person climbing the tree says, Hey, I would rather buy a rope that was, you know, manufactured with blue sign standards then, and they do that then that is a dollar that goes back to reinforcing that ethos at the manufacturer level manufacturers are the ones generating the majority of the waste because we just deal with so much volume but it's the end user that creates the demand so Mm -hmm. if they demand that sustainability the manufacturers will comply you can you can be sure
2: I think the other thing with too, like taking the, there's obviously a lot of feel good with it, right? Like we care about our environment. We care about the world we live in or we should, right? Yeah, yeah. And like, I have a whole spiel about culture change within tree care, but also like taking that out of it and looking at it, ROI, right? Being able to go and market to end users and homeowners, et cetera, pe- homeowners care about sustainability. So from a branding and marketing standpoint, being able to market yourself and you're seeing companies jump on this everywhere. If, oh, we're a green company, we're a green, we are Recycle paper, whatever their initiative yeah. is, right? But to be able to fundamentally go to the marketing board and talk to your homeowners when you're bidding, etc., of like, no, we're ethically sourced, like we do X, Y, and Z. We source through manufacturers that recycle. It looks good on you as a company, Progressive, as well. There you go. And especially in Charlotte, like I'm based out of Charlotte, there's a lot of homeowners that care quite a bit about, I've been asked on, on jobs, like, what are you using for your lubrication? Is that biodegradable, etc.? Right. Yep. And it matters, and and especially if you have the the forethought to market it appropriately, and having the talking points, you can work it in your favor
1: as well. Exactly. Yep. That. And yeah. Sorry. Totally. No, that's good.
0: No, it is. It's uh, you know, you're doing it for for today for your business. I don't be mean about it and just be like, oh, it's money. But no, but I mean, at the same. You're in business to make money and to grow. And if it's something that helps increase that while also, why not? And why also helping out, uh, you know, the, the future Mm -hmm. and you also can make money from it. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a no brainer.
1: Yep. Absolutely. And it doesn't cost you that much more. I mean, almost all these products are, we're trying to sell them at market rates and we have to sell them at market rates because otherwise we won't sell it. We don't have margins on it. Like this rope is a buco with the main, with the recycled fibers in the sheath. Is uh, we hardly make any money on this at all. We so what
0: it. what happens when you guys all go blue sign on every product? And if you're not making money on the products, then I, what what happens? I mean,
1: what's gonna happen is that everyone will adopt the process. The process will get a little bit cheaper. The prices will go up a little bit, okay. and the market rate will be pretty standard. Gotcha. All of a sudden, everyone can afford okay. to do it better. Yeah. I mean, it's we're new and anything at the early stages is expensive. Like, yeah. we're still investing in this stuff and we're not really getting the ROI on it yet as a as a company on the top level, but we know it's the right thing. And we've seen it in other industries as they've started to get go more sustainable that it's worked for them. It's been beneficial. Mm-hmm. We see the movement on the social level, like you yeah. said, at the end, the clients themselves, they would prefer. Uh, mm-hmm. a more sustainable product you know
2: and as our culture changes in tree care i mean i feel like we're, we're truly in, in a radical shift of kind of the old school tough it out suck it up buttercup figure it out and like you know using spurs to prune etc and, and just going down and chopping trees and not trying to even educate ho- homeowners or clients of like no maybe not doing root re- removal we can do x y and z here's why you want to not cut. that, Right. So we're in a a movement of radical change as an industry. And I think that this is going to be a large part of it. And it it was a big factor for me yeah, because I I care. Like, I want to know that my stuff is ethically sourced. I don't like everyone deserves, regardless of where we've drawn our arbitrary lines on a map, on on a world and said, this is the U.S. and this is Mexico and this is whatever. Everyone deserves a a working wage and to be in safe conditions, not just my industry. Right. Mm -hmm. So like I care. Yep. And that's something that's mattered to me. Yeah,
0: this is this is getting deep. I like <laughs> it. Shit, man. I mean, this is this is good stuff. This is good. It no.
1: is, and it's it's a long
0: road. I need know? I need a couple of soap boxes for you guys to get up on and start start preaching to everybody. <laughs> Where's the, the microphone? Soap box here, I think. Yeah, give me chills on this, you know, because cause I, I you know, coming in, the, the climb green, uh, Blair uh, shot me an email on it and, you know, told me a little bit about it, but not too much. So hearing this right now, it's it's cool to see how it's changing my perspective on, you know, and my outlook on this is important where I'm like, you know, maybe a while ago. I'm like, eh, I don't care. Right. You know, I mean, and yeah. that's probably the majority of the people. I, I, don't, I don't give two shits. But then hearing the explanation and educating me on the ed, educating me on this, I'm going. Oh, this is a difference. Okay, this does make sense. But you know, how does it work? Why are they doing this? It's not just for a marketing play and it's 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 for a future uh, uh, for our industry and and for for the world. So
1: And we haven't even talked about the the best part about the
0: green There's a best part? The best oh, part shit,
1: give it. For the tree workers themselves cuz obviously the, the 3 Rs of of sustainability reduce, reuse, recycle. The first step is reduce and that means building things that last. Like mm-hmm. let's reduce our consumption. Let's just not need as much stuff because my stuff lasts. And so that's a I mean that's a big part of what we're trying to do at Adlerid. We've got all these aluminum carabiners we all know and love and they d- went through some kind of ridiculous engineering to embed this stainless steel in it. Mm-hmm. Because stainless steel is harder, tougher, lasts longer, more durable. That's the point where carabiners wear out. Who
0: else is doing that?
1: I don't know one. As far as I know no one. I've never seen that. Hmm. And it's it's hard because okay, a little bit of metallurgy for you. Uh, metals, as you heat, they expand. A lot of people know that. Different metals expand differently. So to actually mechanically bond stainless steel to aluminum in such a way that it's stable is not easy. It's really hard to do. Um, and it's it, it's it's so hard that actually they wouldn't tell me. <laughs> they wouldn't tell me how they did it because it's so much oh, of a, a, a trade secret here. Yeah. It's hard. It, it was a, it was a process to figure that out. So now uh this was specifically designed for outdoor rock climbers because when they belay you run a rope like long sections of rope through here so they'll frequently go through carabiners just because of the wear Um, also on quick draws uh, when you're rock climbing you tend to fall and there's usually a crux move on a route and you get a lot of falls there you can wear through carabiners pretty quick with these
0: stainless steel ones they last longer so uh, what's how how long is last longer is it you get an extra year you get an extra six months De- month depends on your use depends a lot on. let's your just use. say average use i mean compared to this carabiner and this carabiner you're going to uh you know extend the life by 10 percent. i mean guess wise of what you think because so, of that steel that's in there
1: this is a three-ish year old carabiner that on my harness that sees at least as much regular use as any others it functions Every bit as good as the day I bought it and I have no qualms with it. I've, I don't have many other carabiners that have done the same. Could I say it's going to make twice? I don't know. If I was a rope access guy who was clipping into steel anchors all the time, I I would probably get easily double out of it because Mm -hmm. that weight on the steel versus the aluminum, is going to beat the heck out of that carabiner. I just would replace him for the sake of my own peace of mind.
0: (laughs) So, so on this, what's, what's the cost on that? This one is about 35 bucks.
1: Okay. So So it's probably five to $6 more than an equivalent, uh, triple locker. That's all aluminum.
0: So, so normally if that is last twice as long, I mean.
1: So it might be 20% more expensive, but it might be 40, 50% more longer lasting. Who knows?
0: and that's a better ROI. Yeah. Exactly. You know, it's like when I was talking about the Hikes boots, they use bull leather, and they're the only boot out there that uses bull leather mm-hmm. because uh, heifers. Expand, uh, you know, getting pregnant and stretching the leather. They source from one bowl, They use it for that boot. It's not different bowls, It's only for that, so it'll last almost twice as long as your normal boot. So the cost because of is the
1: consistency of, of the, the leather the and
0: because it's bowl, yeah. which is not stretchy. Wow. It, I, I just thought that was cool. That's so, fascinating. So, I so if you get, that. you know, if I'm doing a price compare, comparing boot wise or you know carabiner wise, and I get a longer last because I pay five more dollars. It's a cheaper. It's cheaper in the long run, yep. you know, because I'm not replacing it as much. So you have that's to it, look yeah. at that when you're looking at different products, um, you know, when you're purchasing uh, for that. So that's an important. It feature. is that's
1: the whole built to last thing. I mean, this is the megawatt, We talked about it before. All of the wear points are stainless. So everywhere your rope is going to likely rub frequently yeah. is stainless steel rather than aluminum. And so same thing, built to last. We compromise some weight. It's going to be heavier you know people don't like weight so that's that's a cost for that but it's going to hold up way longer if i know anything about tree guys they care more about how long it's going to last than how
0: much it weighs yeah, they don't have 400 bucks and 300 bucks to just throw away yeah. you know or not throw away but 240
1: this is cheaper too yeah it's like I i'm amazed that they got this at the price that they did like it's so surprising to me
0: now let me ask you on on the sustainability part and what what Edelred's doing and the uh, uh, blue sign kind of initiative by putting the steel on the carabiner like that it lasts longer stuff like that and if we're pushing to make the industry better and the world better why wouldn't they share that yeah, that's a good sum? question I, I mean you know like in It's in, probably
1: more than one way to do to solve the problem Yeah and you know I'd love for someone else to find it but yeah that uh, that might well, you be You know uh, it's
0: just it's just one of those things like in yeah. Tesla you know Elon the
1: open source code and He yep. gave it all away yep. to the entire it's world also really and worth, like worth what 20 billion dollars <laughs> <laughs> that's easy that. to more give away that. more than that <laughs> yeah, no, but, that's for
2: sure so I will say what's interesting on that point is that in Europe um and, and I learned this when I was working at Husqvarna if you develop something and patent something in Europe that would be considered um better for the world around them they are legally obligated to share that information really oh, can, interesting and I don't know what the what like the there's obviously yeah. thresholds there I'm not entirely sure what the threshold is, but w- when we were like developing stuff for chainsaws that were proprietary, like they would try to patent it in the U.S. specifically so that-
0: They wouldn't have to share it or, with the rest of the world. And I'm not saying
2: husband specifically, but like just companies would try to patent- sure. Outside of Europe because of that specific- That's mm-hmm. really
1: interesting. So, I mean- Can you uh, grab that carabiner off the harness right behind you? The other thing we figured out too on that same vein is you don't actually need anodizing to make the carabiner last longer. Okay. And so that's just an extra step, with extra chemical treatment, more water usage. And so now we're, we make these with with no anodizing, and so they're just cool shiny silver carabiners. That's just raw aluminum.
0: Cool. Yeah. Super cool.
1: I mean, I like my colors, but right. if I'm gonna be a little more sustainable.
0: Now, what else? What else on like the 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 helmet?
1: Yeah, we can talk about the helmet here. So. When we were talking about recycling things and how difficult that is to make PPE, one of the challenges, okay, what are the products we could make with all this excess rope that we, you know, all these offcuts, all these issues. So they developed a process to make the shells and the EPS foam on the inside entirely out of recycled materials. Oh, the foam too? Yep. The that's basket. Incredible. So the actual, um, what do they call it? The carrier or the, is not. So that's the only part that's not recycled on this, but the the shell and the and the impact foam are. Hmm. Yep. And uh, our original same with the talons, we originally made that out of nylon but or out of recycled, but then they were not quite strong enough. So they had to kick that out and, and you know, get some virgin material and it made it better.
0: Now, how long till all the products are blue signed?
1: Mm. Oh, I don't know. Do they know.
0: have a goal or a year or what they're trying to get to?
1: I have no idea. That, so
0: eventually they're going to be, will, will their whole company be kind of a, a blue sign company
1: I don't know how that process works to know if that's even the sort of thing that is possible yeah so is it more
0: of a stamp on products than maybe as a company
1: I think that's generally how it works because every product line can have a a completely different like process manufacturing process Mm -hmm. so like we mentioned with the saddles they're made in Vietnam but all of our ropes are actually manufactured in Germany so but all of the fibers come from some (laughs) other source that actually sells fibers to just about every row company so Got the it. the uh, raw materials come mm-hmm. from some place that then goes out to all these different companies who then make their own ropes in their own ways. And in fact, most of the rope machines that we all use are from the same companies. And it's, there's a lot of overlap, uh-huh. but the idea with BlueSign is to track the process through, uh, like from start to finish on a product.
0: Got it. Got where, it.
2: Where do you think,
1: like, as an industry
2: specific to tree care, mm. do you see other companies starting to follow suit? Like Edelrid? Le- Re- leading the charge, and then other companies. I mean, obviously, we partnered with VSG to yeah. launch this program. I so I mean, like, VSG that's a is big a great saving. example.
1: They they're really yeah. trying, and they they started at what I would consider kind of like the baby steps for a company. Where they they bought carbon credits. They are investing in essentially planting trees. So they're trying to offset their carbon usage by planting some carbon-consuming bioorganisms, some trees. Yeah. And uh, and it's a step in the right direction. You know, it's a, mm. it's an easy step to just give some money compared to you know, reinvest or reorganizing your whole structure to be more efficient. But that's where it starts. Yeah. The willingness to spend some money, Mm -hmm. that's the hard part. After that, it's a matter of, okay, what's going to give us the best return? And I think in the tree industry, that's the conversation that needs to be had is, okay, where, where can we get the best return for the long-term future of, of sustainability for the environment, uh, with kind of the least investment? What are the, where's the low hanging fruit? Mm -hmm. And we'll start going after that first. Yeah.
0: Good, good. (laughs) What, anything else on the Climb Green kind of initiative?
1: Uh, the you know, initiative. with the
0: partnership with um, VSG? Let's talk about that a little bit. You know, VSG is, I mean, they're Sterling, Notch, um, Honey Brothers. Honey Brothers, what yeah, else? Tree, I mean, Stop, Tree Stuff, Cheryl, Cheryl everything. So, uh, you know, why was that partnership important to Edelrid?
1: It was important to us because they are by far like our biggest single yeah. uh, retailer who like we are a dealer that we get sell our products to. And so it was a big deal for us because it meant that we're going to get a lot more of our product line and even products that aren't blue signs specifically, even ones that aren't exceptionally sustainable, like, you know, the harnesses, for example, uh, because if we can sell more through them, we can sell more of this stuff. Then we will take the profits from selling that stuff that is, more profitable, but maybe not quite as sustainable. And then we get to reinvest that in our, Mm. into the the green process, develop better technologies so that we can recycle more efficiently so that we can, you know, make our buildings more efficient. And it's a cycle that at the moment we got to make money however we can. Mm. And it's going to transition more and more towards being more sustainable, more green all the way across the board.
0: And that's the best partner to have VSG on on this whole thing. I mean, it definitely, Uh, because they are connected to so many manufacturers all over the world, it helps saying, you know, they're a big leader, you yeah, know, they're a big influence in our industry, of course. So them they're partnering with on board with this. it,
1: like they're so on board with, and Nick
0: Bonner was a big part yeah, of that yep. Blair said, you know, so shout outs to Nick Bonner. Cause I know he's probably our number one fan on the show. So <laughs> yeah. appreciate you, Nick, you're listening to it. Yeah. Uh, make Guys, if you're listening to this, make sure you tag Nick on the, on this so uh, yeah. he knows he's our number one fan. But yep. he was a big part of pushing this and seeing uh, the future.
1: Yeah, and he's been doing a great job drawing attention to it because yeah. Tree Stuff kills it with the marketing. They're awesome. Yep. Disruptors. And I'm stoked it. to see who they, who comes out of the woodwork as actually having other green products. Yeah, because right? once he posts that on Tree Stuff, that new category, yeah. new people are going to come forward and like, Hey, we've got a green product, and I'm excited to see what those are.
0: Now, is that shirt a blue sign shirt? <laughs> that's recycled, right? I I
1: would assume so. Yeah, this is some, uh,
0: some actual cover sheath. from a rope. Yeah.
2: Yep. So when you wash it and like dry it, it shrinks. It It's, pulled, it's yeah. really interesting.
1: Oh, actually, I came across one the other day by a company, Marlo. Marlo Ropes. Okay. We don't use many of them here in the tree industry, but they actually have a rope that they've made from recycled plastic, like bottles. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that was slick, too. It's a PPE-rated rope. So That's cool. So one of the first, another, another early first.
0: Cool, cool. Yeah, so it's happening. It's, it's, happening, it's happening, guys. It's yeah, happening. And... Uh, if you guys are listening to this uh, right now, which you are, uh, you know, go, go, go buy some of these blue sign products out there. You know, support the future. Uh, they don't cost anymore, right? They don't cost anymore. They're for basically
1: that. the same as market. Yeah, it's uh, right in the middle. You're
0: helping our industry. You're helping, you know, the future of this and supporting, uh, sustainability. And, and we're going to see a lot more people that are going to start using this. And, and like Megan was saying, you know, it's, it's great marketing. It's great, uh, for your clients to know that you're trying to do more than just make a buck. Uh, but you're trying to help on that side too, for, for our environment and, and for the future for that. So, absolutely, uh, go vote g- with your dollar, g- <laughs> go vote with your dollar. Give us, give us a little bit about yourself real quick and, uh, where they can find you, uh, tag you, hire yeah. you you are.
2: Meg Benowski, uh, owner of Upward Training and Development. You can find me, if you guys know, Chainsaw Meg on Instagram, um, but you can also find me at my website, upward-training.com um, for any of your needs. Or if you just want to chat and you have some questions, I'm always checking my inbox. So not just looking to make a buck, but also just doing my best to help um and chat and have good conversations with amazing people out there
0: get get a hold of her guys josiah absolutely
1: yeah and you can find me at stridertrees.com. i've got some uh some training stuff going on up there and i've got my youtube channel strider trees you can it used to be Strata Tree Gear, so you can still find me there too.
0: And he'll be uh, the November cover of uh, our calendar that's coming out. <laughs> I uh, hope there's someone got a good for picture. Two of that. tree guys. Oh, uh, you have no idea where we're gonna take this. <laughs> oh, God. <gosh. laughs> phenomenal. Uh, guys, uh, you listen to another episode of Gear Talk. Awesome climb green uh, initiative that you know Edelred is pushing and partnering with VSG and uh, Tree Stuff and Cheryl out there. So uh, we appreciate those guys. You know taking the lead on this. We know how costly it is to be able to build a program like this, but you guys are gonna change life and change the future, so we appreciate that. Uh, If you guys like the show, share it. Uh, Remember to continue to elevate the standard of the industry through safety training, innovation. Like Edelrid. See you later, bye. (laughs)